Hey lovers, <laughs> welcome to the final episode um, installment for this year and this season. I'm not even sure which season we're on, I think it's three or four, and as we just listen. Um, and yeah, I am very excited to be doing this one because why? Two reasons. I just looked at my Spotify wrapped and I didn't realize... I really didn't know. I didn't know that you're about me like that. I didn't know that you love me like that. I didn't know you cared to listen to me like that. So it's actually just such a really good feeling. And it has motivated me to do um, one last one for this year, for this season. I know that in the previous episode, I had promised that um, it's going to be why women watch porn to follow up on why men watch porn. But listen... Why Men Watch Porn did so ridiculously well. It got me like 33 or 34% of my new listeners. Um, and it's just continually being streamed. I have not released an episode since December. But my streams are still like coming in strong. And it's thanks to that episode. So I just want to give it all its time to continue doing well. And also what better way to kick off a new year than with a fire episode so i'm still going to do why women watch porn i'm just going to do it in 2024 okay um allow me to excuse my hoarse voice this seems to be the theme for my podcasts this year um i caught a bit of a throat thing and i was going to put off doing this episode again and i was like nah we're not doing this again. If I could go to work yesterday, um, which involves talking with this voice and I made it work, I can do an episode with this voice. So here I am. I'm very audible. I sound a little bit sexy, so it's going to be a good time. So this episode is called This Fucking Year. Oh my God, I made a mistake. Um, I meant since September, not December. Wow. I'm not recording that again. I just listened back and I realized that I said I had not released since December. It is December. I hadn't released since September. Yes. So as I was saying, this episode is called This Fucking Year, which brings me to the second reason why I'm excited to be doing this episode. It's because I don't have to do like crazy research for it. Um, usually I have to like do some research for my episodes um, so that I can talk about things that are factual before I like impose my opinion on them and yeah I don't just be talking on my ass here guys I do research <laughs> so this one I don't really need to do research because it is from my experiences from this year so I am going to cover how sick I was in the first half of this year I'm going to cover work I'm going to cover my marriage. I'm going to cover friends. I'm going to cover, what do I have on my notes? Family and extra stuff. Okay, it's going to be interesting. I promise I'll try not make it too long. Maybe like six minutes on each talking point. Yeah. So first and foremost, I'm recording in my tumultuous environment. So if you hear like a scream from a baby here and there, excuse me, if it gets too much i will pause or edit but yeah okay so before i get into it i really want to 
talk about my Spotify wrapped. Like, my listener growth has been so amazing. I'm so grateful to you guys. I really, really am. If you want to know exactly how grateful I am, make sure you go listen to the episode I released. I think it was in March. It's called Thank You. Really and truly, I'm so grateful. Um, the growth has been amazing. And I am a top 10 podcast for 18 people. And I know 18 doesn't seem like a lot, but... I heard something or read something on Twitter where it's like people will be unappreciative for the few followers that they have. So like if you have 500 followers on Instagram or something and people will be like, oh, that's so little. But bit money, if 500 people were to rock up to your crib right now, you would be overwhelmed. You would not even be able to feed them. That would require planning. So I'm thinking of it from that perspective. If 18 people were to rock up to my house, I would be so grateful. Like what? All of you guys are here because you listen to me. Also, that's a party. That's a house party right there. And I am 16 people's top five podcast and seven people's top one. Like I'm at the top top for seven people. I'm sure those are my friends. So thank you guys. Love you so much. Um, I've got some new flags, yes, in new countries for this year are Kenya, what up Kenya, Finland, Turkey, Mexico, Zambia, and Argentina. Still confuses the heck out of me because I don't even, I'm not even aware if English is a language that is spoken in some of these countries. I know I might be a bit like, what's the word? Ignorant, yeah about that right now but i don't know i just i just don't see it happening when you guys start giving me money for my podcast i will make it a point to record a podcast in each country where i have a listener even if it's just one listener if your flag is on my audience i will go there when the money allows and record a podcast from that country (laughs) okay and in my top five at number five i still have germany wow number four is uk Number three is Zimbabwe. Number two is the US. And number one is South Africa because I'm South African. I don't ever see that changing. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into it. I was really sick this year. What? I was so sick this year. From January to June, I don't know what was going on with my health. It it was not in a good place. It was in a dire state it was in a concerning state um i think i was in the er like three times for my allergies i still don't know what i'm allergic to that's another thing but it almost seems random because if a food was in that list of what i ate that day when i got an allergic reaction i will stop eating that there's so many things that i have stopped eating like a pie I've never had a problem with a pie until that one time where that was the only thing I ate that day and I just swelled up. I will not post pictures, but it's bad. It looks like a bee stung me. My face swells, my lips swell. I look like a balloon, okay? So I went into the ER three times this year for that. Um... Not too sure what I had eaten or what, but I can tell you now I don't eat any of the things that I had eaten that day anymore. 
So that was very stressful because I don't have medical aid. Um, cause the Lord fights for me. <laughs> and so that can be very, very stressful. That was very, very stressful to have to like cough up the cash for that. And it's like more than a hundred bucks every single time for the adrenaline. I don't even know why they give me a, an adrenaline shot. Like I'm not dying. Um, they give me like three different injections. They put me on a drip. It's like a whole thing to get the swelling to stop, right? So that was a very stressful time. It was a very stressful time. And it was stressful because, I don't know. I know we took in sickness and in health vows, but I'm the one that's like always sick. So I always feel bad. I remember asking him, but do you sometimes feel like you're married like a bad egg? (laughs) You chose a bad egg. And obviously he will never say no, but Lord knows what goes on in his mind. But this bitch is sick again. <laughs> I don't know. So I was in the ER three times this year for allergies. Um, I got so sick with what I was not sure that was about. But it felt like COVID. It really felt like COVID. Like I was down. I was down. And it felt like a flu at first. So I thought I could like brave it out. But after like a week of it not improving... And I wasn't eating either. So just a lot of things went wrong. My blood pressure dropped so bad. My blood pressure dropped like crazy. And I think that's what was causing a cause for concern. Apart from my extremely painful chest. My chest was so painful. Of all the things that made me want to go to the doctor, it was my chest. I was like, there's absolutely no way. It sounds like I have something living in there. So when I went to the doctor for that, it turned. I got tested for TB and anything chesty. And it turns out I had pneumonia. Who would have thought? Yeah, so I got into treatment for that and got better. And yeah, but my blood pressure didn't improve. And I know that was largely because I was on my period for six good months. Yep, 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 yep. I also have polycystic ovarian syndrome, so my period be wildin'. But this year, ah, that was like new levels of wildin', especially when it started being accompanied by the pain there in like March. Oh my God, I was going through it. And all these sicknesses and stuff were happening while I was on my period. So I was already just down and out for being on my period forever. And then all these things would like be add-ons, add-ons. So yeah, my blood pressure dropped, rightfully so, because nobody should be bleeding that much for that long, right? And yeah, I had to do something about that too. My anxiety was through the roof. I actually even made a podcast about it this year. It's called Angst. Make sure you listen to it if you want to know more. Um, And... I do believe a lot of, a lot of my anxiety was caused by how sick I was. Cause I was like, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And it was just making me anxious. I had to miss out on work so much. And because I'm a freelancer, um, I get paid as I work. So me being down and out for like a good month, it was not good. Hey guys, it was not good. It was not good at all. And I also got food poisoning. Um, 
I don't want to say it was my aunt's fault, right? My in-laws. It was not her fault. She probably didn't know that the vinegar was expired. Although, I mean, 2019? <laughs> That's when the vinegar expired in 2019. So I just, I don't, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't get it. Maybe it wasn't affecting her the crazy way it affected me. So I was making a salad. They didn't have salad dressing. Lucky for me, I know how to make my own salad dressing. I needed vinegar. She gave me the vinegar from 2019 and I made the salad dressing. And I kept tasting to see if it needed more salt, more vinegar, whatever. So that's how I got sick, right? But the smell was just crazy. I was like, apple cider vinegar generally has a very pungent smell to it. But yay, yay. This was a lot. And my sister-in-law was also like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think this is good. Like, what's going on with it? Then when we checked the date, 2019, oh dear, we had to throw out that whole salad. There was no salad. It's like, no salad, guys, sorry. But because I was the sacrificial lamb, I'm the only one that got sick from it. It didn't even take long. Within an hour, my tummy was running. I was like, okay, cool. It's getting out my system. Let's get it. You know, I had the runs. The next day, the runs were accompanied by crazy nausea that obviously led to throwing up. I could not keep anything down. For a good week, I had diarrhea and I was throwing up constantly. I couldn't keep anything down. I was certified dying. It was so bad. But on the plus side, it was like a crazy detox. I lost so much weight. <laughs> I lost so much weight. My skin was so much lighter. It was a lot, though. Can you imagine? I had something coming out of every orifice of mine. I was throwing up. I was on my period. I had diarrhea. Whew, crazy times. So, yeah, it was not a good one. It was really, really not a good one. But, you know, I don't want to just sit here and talk about bad stuff. There was a silver lining. Um, and it involves a prayer that my family did for me in June. And I remember that this was a big deal for me because it was leading up to my birthday. I was like, I, I just want one day off, Lord. Just one day off. Like, just I just want that day so I can have a good time. And they prayed on the week leading to my birthday. My birthday was on a Sunday. Prayed during the week leading to my birthday. And literally two days before my birthday... My period stopped on its own. I had tried. Don't think I was just sitting there allowing this period to happen. I had tried all the medication that they were suggesting for me to try regulate it, to try make it stop. It would work, but as soon as I stopped taking the medication, we were back on again. And I refused to be a pull popper because the medication had side effects as well, which I was not too happy about. But this time it stopped on its own and I really was just like oh my god it stopped for my birthday so I was fully prepared for it to come back after my birthday but it didn't it didn't and shout out to Dr. Kanya Munia for suggesting that I get onto Kiko Vitals which are unfortunately only found in Cape Town so it's just been a mission getting them into Zim but they helped so much to regulate my period I am 
this must be what it feels like to be God's favorite child, to have like a regular period that comes every month. It's not painful. It lasts for like a week. It's amazing. It's been amazing. And I know a week might sound long to some of y'all, but for me, that's like, what? You know? So, yeah. And I have not been like sick like that. Nothing that requires me to go to the hospital or to the doctor. You know, just your th little throat infection or your flu. But I spent a good two or three months after June just being healthy. And it was just the wildest thing for me. So shout out to God. Shout out to all the people that prayed for me and my health. I know my church group were also there like praying for me because I was missing church like crazy as well. So yeah, I'm super, super grateful for that. Woo! This fucking year. I forgot to mention that my dog, my dog also went through some shit. Oh my gosh. My dog got snatched by an owl first half of this year. I got snatched by an owl. Luckily, I think he was too heavy for the owl to like fly off. I'd let him out to go potty and the owl came and snatched my dog, guys. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. I felt like a shitty mom. But yeah, took him to the ER as well. He got his stitches. He had to stay for like a couple of days for observation. But Pickles is alive and kicking. So yeah, that was great. So moving on to the next um, aspect I said I'm going to talk about work right so I don't want to go into too much detail because I signed an NDA <laughs> I signed an NDA at work so um I can't go into too much detail um, so I'm just going to just breeze over my experience for me this year right so I've been there for two years and I'm super grateful because I love what I do like radio is my calling um it's absolutely great, but a theme that has been like a great theme, especially like amongst a lot of us as presenters, I'm not going to mention names because that would be a breach of confidentiality to the people that come and talk to me. Um, and it's not just presenters, actually. It's just like a lot of people, but mostly presenters because we feel like we're so undervalued, so underappreciated. As a result, there's just so many people that have left. Oh my gosh, so much great talent has left. Um, which, you know, you think, yay, because as a freelancer, you think that is more opportunity for you to work, possibly get your own full-time um, weekday show. But the circumstances, are they still don't change. Oh, it sucks that I can't go into detail about this. But yeah, it's basically just feeling like you're in a rut. You're not being given support opportunities for growth. You're just not supported. You're not supported. So that has been like a very frustrating point to the point where um, I don't even want to sign like a full-time contract yet until they get their shit together, you know? They need to get their shit together. But I appreciate the platform that it has given me. I appreciate the growth it's given me as a person. Even though I'm not growing in the institution. But the growth it's given me as a person. Um, the growth it's given my socials. Um, the experience. And in as much as happy as I may be there. I have done my research. And there is honestly, really and truly no other place 
that I would rather be working that no pickles don't bark on my podcast. There's no other radio station that I would rather be working at because that is where I fit. I love the culture there. That's that's what would accommodate me the most. Because remember, I'm a foreigner here, so I don't speak the language too well. So like where I work, it's predominantly English. There'll be the occasional Shona here and there, which I can understand. But if they go as deep as the other radio stations do, I will be a fish out of water. So yeah, in the, in as much as I may be like unsatisfied with the way things are going there, I am grateful. Marriage. <laughs> That's the next one. So we celebrated our three-year anniversary this month. Yay. I've been married three years. Can you imagine if you are a listener that has been with me on this journey since the very first episode, you will see how far we've come. You'll get an appreciation of how far we've come. I know three years doesn't seem like a big deal, but I know somebody who is separated from their partner right now and they've been married for three years. So it's a big fucking deal. Okay. And yeah, this year was particularly challenging. Um, apart from the situation with my health, you know, financially, we have not been in a good place. The pressure to have a baby. Ugh. Make sure you listen to the baby issue. It is an episode. Um, being evicted, me considering polygamy, it's just been a lot. Let me break it down. So, yeah, I've been married for three years. And this is another reason why I don't release as much anymore. Because my podcast was initially a space for me to just come and vent. If you listen to my earlier episodes, I talk about it all. I leave no stone undurned. But the more people listen, the more people get into knowing like really intimate, really personal details of my life because that's how much I share. And the people that are involved in the really personal, really intimate details of my life don't necessarily want their business being out there, you know, i.e. my husband with our marriage. So I will share as much as I can. I will share as much as I can, <laughs> even with work. I would love to go into great depth, but like I said, I signed an NDA. I'm not trying to get arrested or whatever the T's and C's were to me breaking that breach, you know. Um. So, yeah, financially, we have not been in a good place. Um, my husband is an entrepreneur. We are in Zimbabwe. We know this economy. If you don't know what this economy is like, make sure you head over to my friend's podcast, Kimberly Nyecheka, and it is called In This Economy. For you, you get a good understanding of how extreme just being alive in Zimbabwe is, how extreme making a living in Zimbabwe is, how extreme finding love, making friends in Zimbabwe is. It's extreme. Okay, so... Financially, we were not in a good place because business was not doing very well. And it got so bad. It got so bad that we got evicted. Yeah. And around July, we got evicted. And, you know, if it's bad for us, it, that means it's bad for the other household as well. Um, The twin and his household. So... <laughs> Their amazing solution 
for our living situation where we try to bounce back on our feet, as it would turn out, is something that my mom-in-law and her husband's brother did as well, is to just find one house that can accommodate both families and live there together, right? So that's what we did. <laughs> I need a moment. <laughs> so if you are a listener of our podcast, um, you will know that a great bulk of the topics, um, some of my frustrations um, about what I've talked about came from said people, right? Um, don't get me wrong. I love them. Have to. But we're just so different. We're irreconcilably different. And I have, I had done such a great job at keeping them at arm's length by working on my boundaries, by working on how to navigate the relationship dynamics. Um, you know, it's very difficult with twins that are so intertwined and so close, like they work together. They're in the same place. So I don't know, they still feel the need to move as a unit. So um, I remember one of the issues that I'd raised in my podcast was like feeling like he's still married. He's married to his twin, you know, like I'm not a priority. Did I raise this here in my therapy session? I don't know, but it was an issue, you know. So I had done such a great deal of doing that work and um, having us live our separate lives separately and not getting too intertwined. So can you imagine my chagrin when I found out that this arrangement has to happen, you know? Yeah, it's been a wild ride. It deserves a podcast of its own. <laughs> it whew, really and truly does. Um, so that was another thing that was a, a strain, was a pressure on our marriage. Navigating how we, like the baby that I had excused in the beginning of the voice note that might make a noise, not mine. It's from the other side. Um, that was another thing that added pressure and had us have to like reevaluate things, how things are going to work now, you know, how we can continue having our privacy, our personal space, um, the doing things on our own, our own way, but still being in this household because it's not like we're living with strangers, we're a family, you know. There is a certain level of expectation of inclusion in some of those things. So, yeah, that. Um, I came here to be a housewife, guys. <laughs> I came here to be a housewife with a hobby that gives me money sometimes. I mean, I love money. I love money. I don't think I can do like a nine to five anymore. I'm too far gone in having like a very flexible schedule. Even if I were to get like a, a permanent thing at work, in reality, I'm only working four hours a day. Radio. So that would still work. So yeah. I found myself having to be a bit of a breadwinner with like a bunch of things, which was fun because I love contributing. It was, I love contributing, but like there were things that my money could not do. 
and yeah that would stress me out that would stress me out so no more fun random adventures road trips date nights we had to cut back and cut down on a lot of things so that we can like bounce back financially so things like that they take a strain on our marriage for richer and for poorer um yeah and yeah the pressure from the baby that's coming from him it's not even from anybody else from outside that's him he wants to be a father so bad but please guys make me understand with what you've just heard right now with our financial situation with our living situation with just life in general why am i inviting somebody else to this shitty party <laughs> why you know so in as much as he understands he does he really does he gets it it's not like every day it's just like let's get this baby thing going um or every month now that my period is like kind of like normalizing you know because that was another issue with having a baby like i'm on my period like six months of the year how's this gonna happen um which is another thing because sex oh lord you know so um he's been very understanding he's been very understanding but i think the pressure comes from me as well because i know this is something he wants and he's my husband i love him i want to make him happy this is something that's going to make him happy and his patience is coming because he's coming from a point of understanding where i'm coming from i'm not ready um, my health issues our financial issues i want to wait a little more so there's that there's that and it's not for lack of trying it's not like I'm act I'm 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 actively doing things that will prevent me from being pregnant. No. I'm not on any family planning thing. It's one of those if it happens, it happens things. Like if I were to feel pregnant, I would be okay, let's do this. But the fact that it's not happening, I'm pretty okay with that too. You know, so yeah, that's another thing that is adding a strain and you know, the pressure, the stress, the everything it got me to a point of just saying, don't you want to be like in a polygamous situation? <laughs> I actually raised this to him. Like if some woman would come and approach you with the offer of all the things that I'm not doing, where I'm lacking, you know, um, like me not cooking every day and basically not being this picturesque perfect wife oh we've got our own rules this side hey if some woman will come to you and just fill in all these gaps that i have would you not be interested in that offer would you not obviously his first instinct was to say no because he knows me so well if he gets another wife i'm getting another husband duh so that is an idea that i entertained for a while because i was just like it's unrealistic, guys. It's unrealistic to expect one person to meet all your needs. It's ridiculous to make one person like meet all your expectations. People are going to fall short, right? But something that I've learned, because silver lining, something that I've learned is that, be that as it may, you marry this person for a reason, right? And a bulk of that reason is that they meet your core expectations, your core needs. And it's like that 80-20 rule. So you might get frustrated at the 20. That's not being met from time to time. Um, 
and having life throw its own um, curveballs at y'all as well. Especially if they're highlight or emphasize that 20 that's not being met. You know, it's very easy to just lose sight of the 80 that is being met. And the reality of that is I would probably not want to share my husband. <laughs> I probably wouldn't. I mean, I'm open to it, but it's one of those things that I'm just like, oh, I probably won't be down for it once I try it, but I would love to give it a try. Um, But yeah, please, this is not an open invitation to all these hoes that might be listening. Please leave my man alone. We're still good. He's still my soulmate. We still love each other madly and things have actually picked up. Things have actually gotten so much better. I don't know whether it's the three-year anniversary celebration. I don't know whether it's because of all my prayers. Because, man, I be praying. But, yeah, we're in a good place now. So, I'm not entertaining that idea. Should the window arise that I am, I will let y'all know. He's my soulmate. <laughs> okay, so we're at 30 minutes, 32 minutes, going on 33 of the podcast. Looks like it's going to be a long one, but okay. I remember when I used to do those short podcasts, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I actually got complaints that you guys want a longer thing. So this is it. Plus, you know, I feel like if it's interesting, it's worth a listen, right? Yeah. So let's move on to friends. I have too many friends. I really do. And they all fulfill a particular role in my life, right? Um, I have trimmed down on the trimmings with the boundary work the work i've done internally some of them have fallen away but these people that'll be like they've got like five friends and core friends the ones that i would call to like hide a body yes but they are ones that are just outside of that circle that are very dear to me and that i love as well and it's been very interesting to navigate that especially with the distance um with me being here and the core ones being in south africa you know and especially this year because i didn't go home this year um i felt ugh, i had a word for it but basically a word that means just detached from my life in essay i'm just being like I don't know, out the system. I'm getting less and less familiar with the culture that side, what's happening that side, the people that side. And it has actually been a very stressful stress point. Um, We talk on WhatsApp and all of that. and But it's not the same. Um, Actually, recently had this chat with my best friend because she started calling somebody else her best friend. I know. I know, childish, but it struck a nerve. And because I realized that it's such a stupid thing because I can't expect my friends to not have other friends. I have other friends here and I love them so dearly. And we have gotten so close, especially this year. I can't expect my South African friends to not continue with life. It's not going to be on pause that I'm not there. But it still hurt. But because I realized how silly it sounded, I never raised it. I never brought it up. I was just left with that thing by myself. But I prayed about it. That's how much it affected me. I prayed about it. And then something happened. My best friend got a dream. 
um, that was kind of somehow related to all of this. Um, I don't know if she'd want me sharing this, but yeah, her car got stolen earlier this year. So her dream involved me being involved in her car being stolen. And I did all of this so I could raise funds to go on a vacation with another friend. And for me, the upset didn't seem too much focused on the fact that I had anything to do with her car's theft, but so much so the motivation, which is doing stuff with other friends. And so when I kind of like interpreted what the dream could mean, it opened the platform for us to have the conversation about how I felt about the distance, the rift between us. And we had such a great conversation about it. Oh, it felt so good. And then as a result of that, I started reading or, um, yeah, reading some of uh, those self-help pages on Instagram. And one of them was like friendships, friendships in your 30s, how they change, how they are like new to navigate and how roles roles change the roles that you had for your friends they had for you they change because you guys are growing you guys are like getting families you guys are getting new careers you guys are moving like there's so many things that are happening in life that will affect the dynamic of the friendship and it doesn't mean that you guys are not friends anymore you might not talk as much you might not hang out as much um or even see each other as much but they're still in your lives they will still show up for you when it matters and they still care about you, right? And the fact that they're doing all those things they used to do with you, with people that are now in closer proximity, does not mean that they're not your friends anymore. And that has helped me kind of like cultivate a closer friendship with my friends this side because I felt like there was a bit of a block. There was a block um, with the way I related to them because... I felt like I was being treacherous by letting them be too close. Like I felt like I was betraying those core friends in SA by being too close with my friends this side, right? And it really did create a lot of blocks with like the things I was willing to share with them and stuff like that, you know? And upon seeing my essay friends moving, I was like, the fuck, you know? So it really helped having the conversation and just building the closeness with my friends this side more. And we have gotten so, so close that we speak the same. <laughs> I sent screenshots of two um, conversations between Nama and Kim. They were literally, I was so sure they were in one place. It was the same thing verbatim. I'm like, are we not siblings at this point? Which has been really, really, really beautiful. So that has been like a highlight for this year. The last thing on my, oh, second last thing on my talking points is family. This one I'm not going to delve too deep into. Because wow. Black tax has not stopped black taxing, right? And uh, I do have an episode on that black tax. Make sure you listen to it. Um, <laughs> I feel like this whole episode has just been like paid promotion for previous episodes. But yeah, you really should listen. So yeah, black tax has not stopped black taxing. But as you have heard 
from my previous points, I have not been in a financial position in my household to be able to help. And that has been such a sore point. You know, it's been a great source of guilt for me because when I left, I was like a very, very, I was a majority shareholder in the contribution of my family's finances back home. So me moving and not having like a stable thing, freelance at the side, and every cent that comes in the side is being used because of this crazy economy. I've not been able to like help back home and it has actually caused a rift, right? Because I'm not able to call my family whenever I miss them because it's always a talking point and then it'll make me feel guilty and then I don't want to talk to you I don't want to call you because I know that when I call you to let you know how much I miss you and everything and whatever advice I might need from you this is the thing they want to address this is the thing they want to talk about how I'm not helping how I'm not sending money how I'm not doing this and this and this and this, and this, and this, and this is you know so it's been very 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 stressful to navigate but I think it got to a point this year where they realized because your weeks, months would go by without me calling, without me making um, contact because I'm just trying to avoid the conversation that will lead to my guilt. And so what I noticed is that now they're the ones that initiate conversation. And now when we talk, it's not about that. It's not about none of that. They just miss me. They miss talking to me. They miss being with me. And it was especially hard, especially that I didn't go home this year, which was for financial reasons, because it's not enough that they see me as soon as I land. Oh, we need this. Oh, we need that. That needs to be done. You know what I mean? So um, it's been hard being away from home. But I've just loved the conversations that I've had with my parents this year, mostly because they're not guilt instigating, um, but also just the growth that my parents have achieved they've achieved so much growth that i'm just like why were you guys not these people why were you guys not these parents when i was growing up these are the parents i needed i remember having such a good conversation with my dad about my preparedness to be a parent you know and one of the first things he said was does he know i think he misunderstood he was like does he know that you don't want to have children did you notify him that you don't want to have children because this is something you guys should have talked about before you got married like during counseling and my surprise was that he was so children so understanding with the fact that um i don't want children or him thinking that i don't want children as opposed to my mom's reaction but you have to have a child and solidify your place in the family or else you're gonna get kicked out so old school you know, and it was just so refreshing. Obviously, I correct him. Like, I'm not saying I don't want. I'm just saying I'm not ready right now. And it was such a good conversation. That was like highlight conversations that I've had with my dad, possibly in life. Like, he was just so open, so understanding. He listened to what my reasons were. He didn't make me feel silly because a lot of people... They tend to make you feel silly for not wanting or for not feeling ready. Like, they'll be like, just do it. You'll never be ready. Just do it. Just wing it. I'm, I'm not a winger. I like to be prepared, you know. So that has been great in as much as it started off very, frustra very frustratingly with the gap, with the distance. It's been 
great what it has yielded um with conversations with my parents even with my mom and she's usually the one that's is the stress point but even with her just talking to her you know i feel like i have a best friend in her it's been so good it's been really really good i don't want to lie so yeah that's another silver lining from this fucking year even though it started off very frustratingly and also with my sisters oh i miss them so much of all the things that are the most painful or had been the most hard or the most painful with my move it's my sisters because there's absolutely no relationship there's no relationship like your sibling relationship um we're very close we're very very close and it was one of the hardest things being here um it's like your whole life's years worth of inside jokes and understanding and just being completely free to be yourself that's how i actually measure or gauge my friendships with the relationship that i have with my sisters because i'm just my unfiltered unadulterated self um with them you know where you feel like you can yell at somebody and just be brutally honest with somebody like there's no filter with siblings and you know that you guys are going to work through it you're going to get through it whatever the fight was about it was necessary for you to like grow or to move forward if i can't be like that with my friends if i can't engage in disagreements if we can't I'm not saying I want to fight with my friends, but should there be a valid enough reason for us to fight or to disagree? And I'm not meaning physical fight or like that crazy violent fighting. No, just a difference of opinions or disagreements or kinks, you know. It's not always going to be sunshine and roses. If you guys can't like find a way to get through that honestly and openly, then no. You're not there yet. And so I've missed that so much with my sisters. But Yonga has made me feel so much better, especially this week, of what a great job I'm doing with my sisters. Because the little one wanted to go to the club for the first time, right? And she's too young. She's like 12. And I love that my younger sister, the middle one, called me about it to be like, do you think it's something we should do? And we discussed it. And we were like, her peers are doing it illegally, like behind their parents' back and stuff. And if she were to join that, that would stress me out. So if she's going to do it, she's going to do it anyway. I would rather she does it with under the supervision of somebody that I trust, which is my sister. Under the supervision of someone who has her back 1,000%, who will die for her, who will fight for her, you know. So it's been really interesting navigating her entrance into teenagehood. And it's been great being a source of wisdom and just basically something I never had. I don't have an older sister. Something I never had because my parents were so strict. I, w I just had to figure it out on my own. And I didn't want my sisters to do that. And so our relationship has also just flourished under being the support for each other established behavior as Yonga calls it we've just established our own little thing that enables us to navigate life 
knowing that you've got like a safe space, a safe haven of of people that you can just like bounce back to, especially when you know this is something that is like unheard of the way you grew up. So yeah, that is something that has also been a highlight. Wow, this podcast is actually turning into being something that I did not expect. I mean, it is titled this fucking year. So I really thought that I was just going to come here, rant and rave about how shitty this year has been. But now that I am like introspecting and looking at it in hindsight, a lot of good, a lot of fruitfulness has come out from the manure that it has been, especially in the first half. So, wow. And so now this brings me to my final point. This will be the first podcast that will get into the 50s. Wow. I hope you listen to all of it. Extra people. You know, extras are important everywhere, anywhere. In a movie set, imagine it was just Denzel and... Halle Berry and just all the people that have a role to play lines in the movie. Where are the people around there to be shocked at the bomb exploding? Where are the extra people to be killed? But it won't make sense. So extras are very important in life. And I just want to make a shout out to all my extras in life. Um, the people that listen to this podcast, for example. I don't even know who you are in the countries that you are. But I'm so grateful. I appreciate you. Shout out to you. Um, the people that allow me to manipulate my pretty privilege on them. There was <laughs> this guy who put cheese on my burger when I couldn't afford cheese on my burger. I only had that amount and I wanted a burger and it needed a little bit extra if I wanted it to be a cheeseburger. But he was just so enchanted by my smile. I don't know whether he did it intentionally putting cheese in my burger or whether he did not see that I didn't pay for cheese in the burger. <laughs> the vendors that I've cultivated such good connections with that allow me to buy without buying. So if I run out of milk while I'm cooking or I realize, oh my God, I don't have onions and I could just run to the little tuck shop, the vendors on the side of the road, the hustlers. And I'll be like, I'll only have money next week or tomorrow or whatever. And they'll allow me to take whatever I need and have that trust that I got them, you know. Um, the people that I have nothing in return to offer for everything they do for me. They're just doing it for me because I have no idea. I'm a cool person. I'm awesome. I'm wonderful. They have a good heart. I don't know what the reason could possibly be, which is why they need to be thanked, to be shouted out. I'm so grateful for the extras. I'm so grateful for the extras, um, the cab drivers that will extend the trip, even though I don't have enough money to pay for it. <sighs> the lady who takes me to church because she goes to church. Yeah, going to church was a bit of a mission because transport, everybody just has their own things to do with their own vehicles on Sunday. And it was really breaking my heart that I was not able to go to church. And I remember yelling at God, like, God, do you not want me there? 
do you not want me in your house doing what you called me to do when I praise I'm the praise and worship team I joined this year in a bit in a bed or a bed wow god please improve my health I'll do this I will stop being a bench warmer because I went into church just so I can have a church. I didn't want to do all that extra stuff that I was doing as a pastor's kid. But clearly, that's where I need to be. And so maybe that has something to do with my health. But I was struggling to get there. You know, I was struggling to get to practice. I was struggling to get um, to church consistently. You know, it would be when a car is available or when people are free to take me. Um, so I started using cabs, but I don't always have that cab fare to go. And so, you know, with me establishing connections, I found somebody or God led me to somebody who lives in my neighborhood and is also in the praise and worship and also goes to church on Sundays regularly like me for the morning service. So she takes me to church and brings me home every Sunday. I don't even have to, I should actually, one of these days, I should just give her fuel money just to say thank you. I'm just so grateful for just all those extra people that just do stuff that don't seem like big things, but really speak volumes to your life. I'm so grateful for them. So yeah, that has been this fucking year for me. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Continue to listen into the next year. Um, For as long as you are listening, I will continue to do, to make podcasts. And... I will continue making promises of trying to be more consistent. (laughs) Life lives, as you've heard in this podcast, life lives. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes you just cannot muster up the courage or the energy to jump on. But... I'm so grateful for your patience and for just sticking by me. And, you know, there's still a bunch of other parts. You you can always go back. Here's the thing about my podcast. Because I have given such gems of wisdom, it's so easy to just, if you miss me and I haven't released anything new, you just go back to an old episode that may speak to something you're going through right now. Um, That's been very helpful for me. But hey, when did I become this person? Let me go listen to what I had to say about boundaries. I think that one was called coloring between or within the lines. Let me go listen to what I had to say about keeping the peace or making the peace. Let me go listen to what I had to say about how to deal with my anxiety. So there's always something for you to go back and listen to. But this journey of ours will continue into forever. Have a lovely, amazing festive. Have a beautiful Christmas and happy new year. I will see you on the flip side.